Hello, Suncast Faithful. It's your boy Manny, and I am so glad to be here. I know it's been a minute, but we are ready to get going with Sun Conference Fall Sports. There's a bit of an elephant in the room here, so I will address it. I'm by myself today. Shout out to Reagan for giving me the opportunity to have my first solo episode. I'm really excited. I hope it's a good one for you guys. I hope I can live up to the standard that Reagan has set here at Suncast. And the other big thing I wanted to say is, again, thanks to Reagan, I'll be covering volleyball this season for the Sun Conference, just going over the coverage, how the teams are doing, what players are standing out, you know, stuff like that. And that is why this episode will be a Sun Conference preview. I know some teams have already played uh, at the Kaiser Invitational. Kaiser, Ave, and STU have already played. Um, both all the teams did very well. And conference play doesn't start until September 13th, so I still think there's plenty of time to do a nice little preview here. That September 13th date, we'll see Ave at Warner, we'll see Southeastern at Coastal, and we'll see Florida Memorial at Weber. But that is a few few weeks away, so let's get right into this Sun Conference preview. This will be my second season really focusing on the Sun Conference volleyball. Last year, as most of you know, I am on the STU broadcast group and Volleyball was really the first sport of the season, obviously. And so I was able to see STU go through and play a lot of the conference games, some amazing games. And so I, I'm glad that I can now cover it for Suncast, for Reagan. Starting with the preview, you know, we're going to start from the bottom going up. We're going to go teams first, and then we'll talk, I'll talk a little bit about players and situations like that. We're going to start with Warner. Um, they're obviously also last in the coaches' preseason poll. I think they will finish last in the conference. It's really just another step in the development for them. I think that they're just going to have a year where they bring in some new pieces, bring in a new recruiting class, and they get better and move forward in the conference. That is, I mean, on some conference, volleyball is, is it's, been, it's coming along. I know the past few years, it's been very impressive, even though there's been a bit of a recurring theme when it comes to the end of the season with certain uh, teams being at the top, it's still a competitive conference nonetheless. And I think this year is going to be none, nothing except that competitive. And I think Warner is going to have is going to be the one to finish last in the conference. Player that I will say could be one to watch and is also the Sun Conference player to watch is Carla Rodriguez, second season at Warner. She led the team last year in digs. I think she will do that again. Very, very good on the defensive side for them. And I think she's going to be someone to, to keep an eye on especially in her, I believe it would be her final year at Warner. Next team, I think I will finish seventh in the conference. Also, coaches preseason poll has them finishing seventh is Coastal. The thing with Coastal is, I have right here, new faces could mean something is brewing in Georgia. Coastal, they did get in a lot of transfers, transfers from the ICCAC conference where they were Raven Russell and Sarah Henson. Both of them coming in, they were also all conference team members in that conference. And I think that that is going to boost them. I think that if certain teams do not respect them, if certain teams do not think that they will be at the top tier of the conference, Coastal will make them pay. I think Coastal is a team that if you overlook them, if you think, oh, they'll need a year to get things together to bring those new faces into the program, they might surprise you. So I would definitely keep an eye out on Coastal. Another player that I think you could also watch, Cassidy Casey. Sun Lakes Conference first team, all FCSAA and NJCAA all region D2 team and a gold district all tournament team honoree. The team's brought in a lot of new faces. 
including some freshmen that I think could crack the lineup, uh, crack the rotation a little bit. Uh, according to their SID that sent in the questionnaire to Reagan before the season. And I think Coastal is a team that if teams are not really focused when they go to Coastal and Coastal comes into town, Coastal might, might, might shock them a little bit. And come at the end of the season, if they're playing their best at the right time, you could make a nice little run into the postseason tournament. Second, the sixth team that I think will finish in the conference, also going to the coaches' preseason poll, is Weber. Now, I think Weber is a situation where it's going to be a first-year coach and Coach D, and I think they could shock some people for that reason. I think that just because it's a first year for Coach D doesn't mean that it's going to be a year where we kind of just, not even a throwaway year or a rebuilding year, just it's going to be hit or miss. I think that the new elements, the new things he will implement into the team could be something that people aren't used to. It takes time to adjust to, you know, certain schemes from new coaches. And I think that could be very, very beneficial for Weber to go into the conference, make a little bit of noise, maybe finish a little bit higher, maybe catch those teams at five and four. And then, you know, we'll start talking about, you know, Weber's playing very well. Can they continue this hot streak, this momentum that they're building throughout the season? Like I said, they'll be a part of the opening day conference play with Florida Memorial coming into town at Babson Park. And I think we'll be keeping an eye on how they're playing at that point and then how they're playing throughout the rest of the season. Uh, Sun player to watch, Theodore Ratovich. I really hope I said that right. She transferred to Weber in 2021. Last year, she had 167 kills, 10 assists, 29 solo blocks, and 73 assisted blocks. And she was a second-team all-conference honoree last season. I think she's going to be another big part of the team. I think she's going to probably lead the team again in kills. She'll be up there with blocks, as you can, as I said, 29 solos and 73 assisted. And I think with her leadership, maybe Coach D will lean on her a little bit to help the new faces, the even the returners to adjust to his new schemes and stuff like that. I think that Weber will be a team that, and again, the bottom half of the conference, six, seven, and eight, more so six and seven, if you do not think they can make some noise, I think that'll be detrimental to you. If you think that they can, and then we can see how things work out. But if you don't give Warner, uh, if you don't give Weber and Coastal the respect that I believe they are going to earn by the end of the season, it could come back to buy some teams in the upper echelon of the conference. Number five, I've got Florida Memorial. I've got them dangerously looming. Coach's preseason poll also has them at number five. The only reason that I think they're dangerously looming is because they have the Sun Conference Player of the Year, the reigning Sun Conference Player of the Year in Caroline Suaza, she led the conference in kills at 197 and points in 230.5. I remember watching her against St. Thomas when Florida Memorial came down the street, and she was impressive. She was very impressive. I think that just having the player of the year will give them that edge that they need, that confidence that they need to say, okay, if we can get some things together, we can work on some things on the edges, work on some things on our defensive side of the ball, then we can really make some noise. That's why I had them at number five, just kind of in the middle. They could have a really good season. They could creep up into that four, maybe even three area. But those teams behind them could have a good year in their own right. And then now we're talking about Florida Memorial being sixth and maybe even lower than that. So I think Florida Memorial is going to be a team that we kind of, it's kind of a wait and see in a situation like that, where you don't really know where they're going to finish just because of other factors. But because they have the reigning conference player of the year, you kind of give them that respect and that nod to say, yeah, we're going to give you guys in the middle and we'll see where things go as the season progresses. This is where things get a little different for me. I have Ave at four. 
Coach's preseason poll has him at three, so I'm just one, one spot off. And the thing with Avi is they're going to be in bringing in some new talent that I wonder how much the learning curve is going to be, and they're also losing some important talent. Gabriela Buteris, I really hope I said that right, and Madeline Hope. Those are two players that are leaving that last year were very intr- instrumental in their offensive side of things. I was looking at the stats from last year, and they were always up there in points and kills and stuff like that. And so I think that's going to be a big loss. I think it's going to be something that the team's going to have to adjust. Now, I will say this. Again, we're recording this the weekend after the Kaiser Invitational happened, where they went one and one, I believe. And they did very well in adjusting those that offense that they did lose with those two players who were top 10 in both hitting percentage and in kills, I want to say. So, again, pretty obviously a very tough loss to do. Big reason for that is the Sun Conference player to watch that I also think will have a good season. Zelly Kessler in the Kaiser Invitational. It was only two games that they played. She did lead the team in points at 15.5, uh, putting up 20.5 in one game and 10.5 in the next. And then she also led in kills, averaging 13.5. I think she's going to be a very important part. I think she could have a really, really good season just because she may be leaned upon a lot when it comes to the offensive side of things with the kills and the and point total. Kind of similar to how Swazza did last year and when she won Conference Player of the Year. Now, I don't know if Kessler can win Conference Player of the Year, but I do think she'll be in the running for it come postseason time just because, again, the way the offense is, is working, I think she's going to be the focal point of it. Last year, she did have 224 kills, 67 dig, 64 digs, and 27 total blocks. She's going to have the numbers. I think they'll be boosted again because she'll be that spearhead of the offense, so to speak. And the only reason that I have Ave at four, just a spot below what the coaches preseason poll had them at, just again, it is new talent, similar to seven and eight with Coastal and, and Weber, where the new talent can shock some people. It can also, you know, there is a learning curve to it. And I think Ave last year when I saw them playing against St. Thomas, the formidable opponent, I remember at the time when the Bobcats were on their winning streak, that Ave game, that was that was amazing game, went all the way to, I want to say, five sets before St. Thomas they would pull it out at the end there. But it was a top, top, top tier when it comes to volleyball action. And I feel like it's going to be very hard to replicate that with incoming talent. Maybe people who didn't play a lot last year will now be playing a lot more, so you can give them the edge there too. But there still is going to be a bit of a curve. Their first contest will be at Warner uh, on September 13th, first Sun Conference opening uh, play. Um, I don't think they're going to have a – bad season by any stretch of the imagination. I think, to be honest with you, four, three, two, and one when we get there, it will be separated by, like, one loss, a game here and there. The head-to-head matchups, I think, will be very important to look at. So it's not anything saying I think they're going to take a step back. I just think the conference around them, because of the returning uh, class for pretty much the top three teams that I'm going to mention in a second, I think that that will be where the experience comes in. And Ave just doesn't have it right now. Now, again, at the end of the season, you get a lot of these conference games under your belt. You start feeling more confident in your scheme and your offense and your rotations and stuff like that. We can have a little different conversation of, you know what, maybe Ave, you know, that we had them at four, Coach Beasley had them at three, maybe they even sneak in at two. Maybe they do stay at three. So I think Ave will be a team that keep an eye on just as the season progresses. Do they get better with that progression or is the new faces going to be taking a little bit of, of a hit for the overall success of the team? Now, I did before this, I had it switched, but after going through a little bit more research, I'm going to have Southeastern. I think they'll finish three. The coaches' preseason poll had them at four. So I think they finished a seating above where the coaches think they're going to they're going to finish. Now, this situation where they have incoming talent is a little different than 
Ave and more similar to Coastal, I would say. The conference player that I think will have a good season, and the conference has also said it in their article they posted, Grace Petty. Led the team in kills, points, service aces, second in digs, and was a first-team all-conference member. No doubt, I think it's a pretty safe assumption. I also think Tatiana Lyons. She's going to be a very important addition to the team. Similar in the sense of she's in the she, different, I should say, from Ave in that she's coming in after a career at University of Tampa where she had 110 kills, 47 digs, and 127 blocks in her time with the Spartans. And she was a part of the 2021 D2 National Championship team. So she's going to bring in not just offense, but leadership. She's going to bring in that ex, that experience of winning a national temp championship at the d2 level not too far not too long ago just two years ago and i think that's going to be a boost for them i think that's where that extra edge comes in so you pair her with grace betty it's just gonna i feel like it's very hard to stop that duo that's going to be uh wearing that seu uniform because of that i give them the nod they had a great year last year i think they're just going to replicate it and take another step in that process they'll finish third because again, give them the nod with experience, adding in a leader like Lions, I think will just be something that really, really helps them. And then come at the end of the season, I really think they'll be hitting on all cylinders and they'll be a tough, tough, tough out in the conference tournament. Or they could even be one to finish it out there. I'm not going to give you guys any spoilers on that. Um, number two, I have Kaiser. I see Kaiser, Coach Presidential had them at number two as well. I see Kaiser as a team that is straight up summarized in one word, hungry. These ladies are hungry. I, I can just tell. They went three and two in the Invitational this past weekend. Very solid games. I think that they remind me a lot of STU last year. The STU team that went back to back in the season, crown, and won their conference tournament for the first time since 2003, I believe. The reason I say that is because last year, Kaiser got to the conference finals, lost to St. Thomas, but they're bringing back so much of the same talent. And Hannah Hyde, she's a dog. She's just a dog. Like, it's really that simple. There's an article on the Kaiser website, and it's about Hannah, and she basically just keeps saying she just wants to win. And being and when you're captain, when the Sun Conference setter of the year, when the a woman who just was dominant last year as a setter. When she's talking about, she just wants to win. She wants to win. And she's mentioning things like culture, like leadership, things that the intangibles that you need to win at any level, really, especially at the collegiate level. I think it just sets the tone the right way. Again, I know they started out three and two, but when it comes to that conference play, when conference play opens up on the 13th, I think that they're going to be a formidable opponent. I really am going to watch for those matchups against St. Thomas specifically, uh, Southeastern and Ave. I think those th when those four teams are matched up with each other, I think we should really be keeping an eye on those matchups because come playoff time, we're going to be looking back at those and saying, okay, at this point in the year, this is what happened. But then when they played again, this is what happened. How will that rubber match happen if some of these teams play three times this year? I think Hannah Hyde is going to be just having an amazing year. She's 1,407 assists. It was a career high last year. She's second in school history. And before the weekend, she was only 1,206 away from the record. After this weekend, she 
Led the team in assists, of course, averaging a ridiculous 33.4. She had 27, 45, 27, 25, and 43. All those numbers are ridiculous. The averages, the, the individual numbers from each game. The most impressive thing for me, and I had this literally, I finished going through the stats, and I had to go back through the stats to see this. She had no errors, no assist errors in the entire five games. That is just efficiency at its finest. And that's why I think that she's going to lead this team to a second seed in the conference. Get a Sun Conference Center of the Year. She was an honorary men, honorable mention in the NAIA All-American. She had three separate triple-doubles last year with assists, digs, and, and kills. Overall, her stat line read 150 kills, 22 service aces, 47 blocks, and 319 digs as a setter. And then again, like I said, the 1,407 assists. She is on pace to surpassed the school record again she's what she was 1206 away before the weekend after the weekend she's now 1039 away meaning if she averages about 31 through the 34 games that they have remaining in the season she will get it and 31 assists is a lot but i honestly think she can do it and again she's going to have some games where she goes for 45 and then she'll have some she'll have some games where it maybe it's a struggle bad night it happens everybody's everybody is Granted, those days, it's normal, but I still think she will get it. It's something I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on for sure, just off of that's, that's a history-making moment. I think she'll she'll do it. Might be close, but in 34 games, I think she'll have that nod. In this weekend, she also did have two double-double games with 45 assists and 12 digs versus Campbell University, and then 43 assists and 10 digs versus Lightning University. I think she is going to be another player that's in the running for Conference Player of the Year. I really do. She might not get it, but I think the numbers she's she's gonna put up those numbers, especially with the assist. She'll probably go back to back with some conference setter of the year. Um, there are some names out there, there are some new names out there that will be in the running for that, but she's just gonna have, especially if she gets this record. I don't know if you can really not give it to her, but it's gonna be very impressive watching her in that offense. Again, that article that they made about her, she said she knows that she's going to be. The offense is going to run through her, being the center of the team. And she takes that in full stride. You know, again, having your leader, your captain, embracing that opportunity, embracing that position, just sets the tone for the rest of the season. And that's why I think even though they're 3-2 and two right now, they're going to be a tough, tough team to play in this conference. I also want to give Erica Magan. I think she'll be another important piece for this team on the defensive side of things. She led the team in service aces and digs last year. And this is another note. She's one of the only the three seniors on the team. So the team in Kaiser, they're kind of young, but that also means that they were majority of them were there last year when they got to tournament finals, when they lost to St. Thomas. And I think that is why I say that this STU of this year, where they're going to come back with that mindset of unfinished business and they're just going to, they got a list and they're going to try and cross these names off the list in the most dominating way they can. And this past weekend, Erica had average 11 digs. She had 17, 12, 8, 6, and 12 again. I think that if her defense is up to par, which what I think she will be, that is something that teams maybe weren't oh, prepared for, I guess would be the right word. And it will be a big help because if she can get those digs in and you have the Sun Conference setter of the year on that second hit to allow for the offense to get good looks, to get good kill attempts. I think it just all works together. And so I think Erica Magan will be a team, to, a person to, to keep an eye on in that Kaiser uniform whenever uh, K 
KU rolls into town for volleyball action. Number one, I don't think it's a secret. Um, and I'm going to put on my SU hat real quick here because I got STU as the team to be in the conference. I know what I just said about the previous three teams in Kaiser, Southeastern, and Ave. Very, very strong teams. I think any of them can beat St. Thomas. I don't think St. Thomas is unbeatable by any stretch of the imagination. You know, we they have their, their flaws. But there's a reason that they got seven out of the eight first place votes in the coaches' preseason poll. There's a reason that on opening day, this past Thursday, they played against the number eight team in the country in Missouri Baptist. And we lost in five sets. But when I tell you folks that didn't watch the game, and we didn't go back and watch it on the uh, Sun Digital Network, there was a point that after that game, I spoke to some people that I around the team, I spoke to some people around the around campus. We could have been sitting pretty at 2-0 with a strong chance of sweeping them. The reason I say this is because in the first game, I'll be honest with you guys, Missouri Baptist, I don't think they expected the punch that the Bobcats threw, and I wasn't expecting it either. I'll be honest. I'll put myself out there. I did not know how we would respond because again, last year they were the team that had unfinished business. When the regular season crown the 2021 but you don't make it past the semifinals of the conference tournament the following year you come back and the start wasn't great it wasn't bad but it wasn't great and then you run off 13 in a row and we're all sitting here impressed and it was their i feel like it was their time and they were the favorites and that semifinal game against southeastern i believe it was in southeastern Man, what a, what a game that was. The reverse sweep, oof, that was impressive. And then to finish it off, finish the story, so to speak, against Kaiser in the tournament finals. I didn't know how they would come back because I'm a firm believer. I said this on the broadcast. I, I It's hard to get to the mountaintop. It is at any level. It's extremely hard. But I think it's harder to stay up there. I think it's harder to find new motivation after you have gotten to the mountaintop. In this case, you're back-to-back regular season champions. You just got the, the conference crown. You made it to the NAI opening rounds for the first time in over two decades. Like, there was just so much history there. But I give credit to Coach Winnie Bato, her staff, the returners, because that's another thing. And that's the thing going on a lot of these teams. That's why some of these newer teams like Weber and Coastal and even, even obviously to an extent, they're facing those new faces are going to be playing against teams that have been playing together for years now. And St. Thomas is no exception to that rule. I mean, we've got two graduate students in Amanda Allende and I want to say Alexander McCaskill. That's it. Like that's really the only team, the only players that we know next year will probably not be there because they'll be graduating. But the rest of the squad is coming back and we've gotten some new freshmen and I'll get into the freshmen in a minute because good Lord, these freshmen were cooking something fierce on Thursday. So I think just St. Thomas has built a program that every year has gotten better and better. Again, give credit to Coach Wendy Batson and her staff for that. And after that first game against Missouri Baptist, that first set, we were winning the entire set from the beginning. Missouri Baptist had some miscommunications, some just not unforced errors, but just some errors that just didn't 
seem like errors that they normally make. And the Bobcats had it. Like, they had it all the way through. Missouri Baptist came out at the end and pulled through. Give credit to them for that. And then again, response. For St. Thomas to face a team like Missouri Baptist, who it's no secret Missouri Baptist has had their number the past eight matches before that. They were one in seven. They hadn't won a set of off Missouri Baptist since 2017, and they hadn't beaten Missouri Baptist since 2016. So it's like it was easy for the Bobcats to say, wow, we just threw everything in the kitchen sink at the Spartans and we still lost. No, no, no. They turned around in the second set and they won it through and through. Off that, off those just first two sets, I, in my head, I said, this is a great showing. Like, even if we lose this game, which they ended up losing, it was just a great showing of saying, we understand that it's not going to be easy. We understand we're going to make mistakes, but it's not going to get to us mentally. It's not going to deter us from what's been working. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And they just kept going with it. I think they ran out of gas at the end and it happens, but. They had it. They had it, and there was a strong, I'm telling you folks, a very good chance of them being up 2-0, and they just need to win one out of five games, out of three games, excuse me. And if that would have happened, I they lost, and I'm on here with my St. Thomas hat on, loud and proud. I don't know what would have happened if they would have won. I really don't. But when it comes to the conference play, I that's why I think they're the team to beat. I just think they're going to be operating on a level that's just different just because, again, it's been building, it's been brewing, and I think this is the year that we really see it. I think that they are they are primed for a 3 P in the regular season title de- department. They're primed for a back-to-back. Right? So I think they're the team to beat. There's there's not going to be easy if I'm trusting that nation. I don't want to make it seem that like I'm saying they're going to rush out to the conference because they're not. This conference is going to be very, very strong from the beginning to the end. The only other team that got a first-place vote was Kaiser. And I think that that's a warranted first place vote. Like I said, after my talk on them, why I think they're going to be the maybe the team that could beat the Bobcats. To at least right now, we'll see how things go play out the rest of the year. But the Bobcats are just—it's all there. It's laid out perfectly. Again, Coach Batso and her staff have just every year gotten better and better. The players, the women, do not seem satisfied. Like, they just don't seem satisfied. The way they were moving out there, they just don't seem satisfied. I remember the day before that game on Thursday, I went to go talk. I went to go talk with Coach Batso about some things we we're going to do the next day for the game, and they were out there doing their pregame uh, tennis match that they like to do. And I realized just how competitive these ladies are. Like everything that they don't matter if they're playing against their, each other, they're playing against another team. They're just so competitive. And I saw that the next day against Missouri Baptist. That is just the way that they operate. And if that's the way you operate and practice, if practice is harder than the games at times, that's how you know a team is just moving on a different level. They're moving at a pace that they have goals in mind. They're not satisfied with getting a few things here and there. They want the ultimate prize. And it's going to be tough for any team to beat them, really. We're talking about players to watch for them. It's not a hot take. I don't think it's a hot take. If you think it's a hot take, I really I just look at the numbers. That's really all I can say. Bianca Grassi is going to win Libero of the Year again. It's three threes in a row. Like it's, it's going to happen. I just th- I just don't know how it doesn't happen. She's won in the past two years. Last year, she had 529 digs, led the conference. She had 5.69 per set, number one in the conference. That was also good for number 14 in the entire NAIA. She is going to be the biggest reason that the Bobcats are going to be so hard to beat, to get points against, because I'll be honest, y'all. Houdini plays for the Bobcats, and she wears number one. Because some of the plays she makes, impressive. Just flat out impressive. 
the way that she's able not just to get under these balls, but get them so high in the air that the second hit takes the time, whether who, whether it's a setter, whether it's a passer, they just take their time because Bianca did so much to get that ball in the air. Her reaction time, she made some amazing saves against Missouri Baptist that had me on the mic in awe. And she's just going to be, it's going to be so hard to score against her that I think the Bobcats defensively are going to be set. The offense might just be as good as the defense because you've got Amanda Allende returning, who I think was the spearhead of the offense last year. She, when she gets on a roll, it's very, very hard to stop her because the power that she puts on these kill attempts, even if you can get a block, She's smart enough to know. I just got to put it hard enough to where if it hits this block, it's going out of bounds in any direction. Last year, she had 337 points. Number one on the team. 3.87 per set. Again, number one on the team. She had 299 kills, just one short of that 300 mark, which don't don't be surprised. She gets to that mark this year. And she had 3.44 kills per set. That was number two in the conference. She's just putting up Offensive numbers that are going to be hard to stop. Even against Missouri Baptist, she had a very, very solid showing. Didn't start off the best, but she just stuck with it. Her team understood that we got to get her going to have a chance in this matchup, in any matchup, really. And that's not taking anything away from the other Talia Barnes, who's the reigning freshman of the year. She's going to have a great sophomore season, I can already tell. Sanan Dennis, her and Barnes being in that middle blocker spot is going to be hard for any team to stop. So, so now I went on a three-point run by herself against Missouri Baptist that really helped the team in, uh, I believe, the third set. We also have Hope Lemagassi. We also have Alexander McGasco, who was a second-team all-conference member last year. It's just there's so much offense out there. But I do think for the Bobcats to have a consistently dominant season, Allende is going to have to be the one to spearhead that offense. In the Kaiser Invitation, she also had 24 service aces and 20 blocks uh, on the attacks. So she's very a well-rounded player, just a well-rounded player overall. In the Kaiser Invitational, through four games, she averaged 13 points, which led the team. She had 8.5, 13, 17.5, and then 13 again. And she averaged 12 kills per game, also led the team, with 8, 12, 16, and 12. She is going to be a situation where if I look at the box score for a Bobcats game and I see that Amanda had, say, 13 or more points, about eight or more, any more kills. I, in my head, I'm assuming that we won that game. It could have been a close game. I'm not saying that it means that we dominated and like that. But I think that if those are the numbers that she can get to and average throughout the season, because the Bobcat's in the best position to win games. Another Bobcat that I want to shout out that I think will have a really good season. And again, Reagan and I wanted to do this before Thursday, before the official opening day in the conference. We weren't able to do it. So I saw the Missouri Baptist game, and then I came back to my notes and said, no, 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 I got to put her name down because in that game, she was amazing. Alexandra Bruno. She's going to be a freshman this year, but the way she played against Missouri Baptist and the way she's put up numbers this past weekend at Kaiser does not scream freshman. It screams a person who's been there before, a seasoned vet, and just somebody who has no fear and is fully confident in her abilities to contribute to this team. Impressive debut against Missouri Baptist. I mean, impressive. One of the more, she might have been the most reliable offense that the Bobcats had, aside from Allende when she got it going. And again, Talia Barnes did a great job. All of them did a great job, but I think 
it got to a point later on in that in those sets in around set three four where the kill attempt was coming from Bruno almost like that's what the team wanted. I don't. I'm not saying that. I know that Coach Mickey Batso said we got to find Bruno. She's hot and like that. But it just seemed from my eyes that once they realized she is moving, she's grooving, everything's kind of working for her right now. They just kept going to her, kept going to her, and it didn't fail. Like again, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it was just working, working, and working. And she impressed me. So then, when I found out that we're gonna record this today, I said, let me go back and see all the teams how they did, and I was curious to see how Bruno did. Over the weekend, she put up two points to start off the weekend and then turned around and put up three, 13 in each of the next three. She was the only person to average more points than I ended. And again, that's not easy to do for someone like Amanda, who is a very reliable offensive source for points. So I think Bruno's going to have, like we said, the Bobcats last year, they had the freshman of the year. I, it's early. I think Bruno has a very good case for it especially if she keeps putting up numbers like this, the confidence is there, the attitude of, I don't care that I'm a freshman. Like who's, who says that I I can't play well because I'm a freshman. It's there and it's screaming loudly. And again, I give credit to coach Winnie Bato and her staff for recruiting very well, bringing in a freshman who they knew could make an impact right away. Another side note for that, uh, Peyton Berkey setter, freshman setter, that duo, if they stay with it, could be something that the Bobcats have for the next four years, and it's going to be tough to stop because she made some impressive plays. She even had a nice little kill there that kind of even caught me off guard on the mic, turned around with that left hand and just put one down. Can't, I don't remember who was a point or not, but shocked everyone. I didn't even shock her teammates on the on the sideline that she had that kind of bounce in her. But I think the Bobcats, that's what I'm saying, they built such a great team, a great program that it is going to be there for the taking. They just have to go out and take it. It's not going to be easy. I'm going to keep saying that. I'm going to say that all year. It is not going to be easy for this team to repeat with the regular season title and to repeat with a conference tournament title. It's possible. I think they can treat the titles like they did last year. It's very possible, but it's not going to be easy. And I think that they want it to not be easy. I don't think they want to go out and run a rough shot to the conference because even if they could, because it lets it gets you ready for that next level. It gets you ready for the NAI opening rounds. And it's I just it's hard for me not to give them the team to be titled. Like and I don't think it's a hot take or anything like that. I don't think it's a completely out of the realm of possibility. That's why I forget which team it was, but on the questionnaires that uh they sent back to us to Reagan about the season, they had St. Thomas circled as for question, any games you have circled, they said St. Thomas. Like they understand the teams in the conference kind of understand like if we want to win, we have to get through that team in Miami Garden. And the Bobcats have earned that right to say that they are that team to get through. It's going to be, I'm going to enjoy every second of it. I'm going to have a front row seat. And when they when those teams come into town, when Ave, Southeastern, Kaiser, when those teams, even even the team at the bottom and Coastal and, and Weber and Warner, when they come in, the thing about being the team to beat, you're going to get everybody's best shot. No matter what is going on in their own season, no matter what is going on in your season, no matter what, you will get every team's best shot. And again, I feel like the Bobcats like that. They want that. They want to embrace that. It's going to be great showing entire and totality with the conference. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm really just sad that 
the conference play doesn't start until September 13th, but at six days after my birthday. So I'm going to look at that little, little birthday present from the conference. Overall, I'm looking forward, like I said, to a great conference. I think it's going to be exciting. I think it's going to have some moments that we're going to look back on at the end and say, that was awesome. We, I got to witness that, or that's awesome that she got that. You know, like I said, we got records in play here. We've got new faces in new places that are going to make names for themselves. We've got some bounce back seasons, I'm sure, as well in there. It's going to be fun to watch. Um, I'm just excited. I'm just really excited. And again, I want to give a special shout out to Reagan for giving me this opportunity to do the episode by myself. Uh, I hope I did well. I hope I did good. I hope Reagan, you like it. And I also want to give you a little, little shout out as well. You know, the, the boy's back. I'm not going to lie with you guys. He literally hit me with the, the back is healthy and I'm back. I'm not even lying with you. That was his exact words. But he, in the scrimmage game versus Daytona Prep, he had two punts for 44-yard average and one inside the 20. So I guess you can say he's back. But it's, I'm excited to get back on the podcast with you, Reagan. When you when you uh, come back with me, you be the duo that we were before. Um, thanks again for the episode by myself. Thank you all for watching, for listening. And let's get ready for some exciting Sun Conference volleyball, y'all. All right, y'all. I'll see you on the next one.